KVBL Radio is back. Took a one-week hiatus. It's like the, like the longest break we've had in the last two months. Incredible. But the truth of the matter is we weren't going anywhere. If anybody actually listened to that podcast, I think you probably realize that. But the point was, is during the podcast, of course, I had to discuss all this stupid ridiculousness that was going in chat as far as acknowledging it. And when I was creating the description for the actual podcast, I figured, oh, let me throw this in as far as it being the end of the podcast. Because you know what? The idea is it was more of a metaphor that if all that the podcast is going to be is going to be people saying stuff and just making comments, you know, like again, like even today, Ricky's going to love the fact, can't stop talking about me, but he wants to point out, yes, I'm a talker. And I'm going to talk shit about a lot of people. But the point is, I'm talking shit about the players. You know, it's like, I can take the smack talk. I can take it. But are we talking about the team? Or are we just going to just talk about people and take shots at them that don't even, like, make sense half the time? I just don't understand. What's the point of that? And you know what I'm talking about. It's just so unnecessary. Like, let's, let's focus on the actual games. So... It was never going anywhere. I wasn't going to stop. But it was like, my God, the chat had become so toxic. And I mentioned to a couple people, maybe I just need to take a break from that. Because my, it's like the, the Kenneth Pang thing. I have no idea where that came from. No, one's, no one knows. Honestly, nobody knows. I think it was because we've talked about the Lakers' negative value picks. And let's just throw out a reminder. Is that if these picks were next year, the Lakers hate negative value picks. They have two Raptors picks. They have the Thunder pick next season. Like, these are going to be bottom, what, worst five picks? Technically, it looks like it right now. Like, yeah, terrible, ridiculous. But anyways, we weren't going anywhere. I just kind of wanted to hopefully put somewhat of a little bit of an end or try to calm everybody down. The stupidness that goes on in chat like, it's just so unnecessary. So anyways, it seems like that's cleared up a bit. It's 4 o'clock right now. we got a playoff sim tonight. Exciting. And we have had some stuff happen. Now, of course, after the All-Star break, sorry, uh, after the trade deadline, you know, not much happens. We get a couple sims. People try out some new things. And, you know, there's not too much to talk about since we, we don't have all the trades. But, you know, we did see some interesting things happen. And, of course, we have the draft lottery. And then we have the net situation. So, The way that the regular season shook out and with the playoffs here this evening, a few things of note. We'll start over in the Maynard. Kings go 78 and 4. And as KJ noted in the chat, they lost like two of the first five. They were like, what was it, 73 and 3 or 75 and 3 or something that he talked about? That is just insane. Insane. So the Kings have a record year course going to the playoffs is the one seed they get the Knicks in the round one so they basically get a bye interesting four or five matchup sees the uh the Suns host the Warriors in what is a very rare scenario where the Suns were the third the 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 fourth best team in the conference actually gets the second seed so the Sonics win their division and get the second seed whereas both the Thunder I think were seven games better and then the Suns were like five or six games better so the Sonics get the two seed which is which is actually pretty important because the Sonics and the Thunder both get to avoid the Kings right now in round two if they get through the first round and 
it's going to be that 4-5 matchup as far as the Suns and Warriors. So the Suns get a really bad draw here where they would have been the three seed if the Thunder had were able to be the two seed and then the Sonics would have been the four and we would have potentially gotten a rematch uh, of the first round last season. But instead it gets moved around a little bit. So like we said, the Kings are going to just, you know, buy, bypass the Lakers. Uh, bypass the Lakers. Bypass the Knicks. We'll get to the Knicks making the uh, the playoffs here in a second. 4-5 matchup, which is the Suns-Warriors. That's a good matchup. That's interesting. I think that can go either way. Warriors had a really interesting season where they had good point differential all year, but just seemed to lose games. You know, there weren't that many games over 500, and that was a surprise. And the Suns finished really strong. Bo was a nice fit on that team. When Easy came back, things worked, and everything seemed to gel, and the Suns were good. You know, so the Suns seemed like the better choice in that series. You know, we've kind of been down on the Warriors ever since some of their trades. They didn't look necessarily as good. Um, but either team coming out of that out of that matchup wouldn't surprise me at all. And then, of course, they would get to face the Kings in the next round. Next round. And does do they, either of those teams have anything for the Kings? Not quite sure. So, you know, like let's say we put the Kings in the in the in the Maynard Conference Finals. Who would we then have potentially facing the Kings? Well, we would have the Thunder play face the Clippers in the first round. That's a three, I guess. What is that? Three, six. And that's interesting because if the Thunder would have been the two seed, they would have got the Knicks. I'm sorry, the Blazers. Man, I'm wrong with all this stuff today. Rusty. I'm rusty. So yeah, the Blazers get the seven seed and the Clippers kind of slide and slide and slide after some of the trades they made and they end up with the six seed. So we got Thunder, Clippers, and then we have Sonics, Blazers. That's a really fun matchup, especially showcasing Kevin's. And unfortunately, I don't have the laptop here in front of me, and, and I was able to kind of <clears throat> half-ass look at it. And it seems like he got a little bit more out of Kevin's, and I don't think he got much out of him this past sim. So he's not necessarily fully broken, but I, I don't think he still got the production that he would have wanted. And I remember noting that looked like you know he got he's got White being almost more productive than Kevin's, but. It's a, it's a different type team than we saw last season, I think, in the playoffs for Homer, but they're actually better. I mean, the record clearly is way better. So it worked, and they're going to face the Blazers in round one, which looks like a matchup of offense versus defense as Ricky transitioned to some fun offense towards the end of the year. They still kind of, they of course got into the playoffs because the Knicks didn't really want to get in. And again, we didn't get really onto the Nets yet, but the Nets, who lose Silva to 27, lost 27 games. I think I'm assuming that he went down in the second to last sim. And we see that Silva gets hurt. They back out of the playoffs when it probably just should have been the Knicks. And no matter what, um, you know, it would probably have been Nets Blazers battling for the seven, eight spots. But it ends up being the Knicks getting the eight. The Blazers, you know, we knew that they were going to make the playoffs once they made those trades and the Knicks went the other direction. That no matter what, it looked like the Blazers were going to get in. So the Blazers get in. They end up jumping up to the seven seed and they get to face the Sonic the Sonics in round one. And I honestly don't know. Sonics, of course, are going to be able to, to do whatever they want with Marco Polo. But is the rest of the team solid enough? Um, to beat the Blazers, who showed a ton of offense towards the end of the season. So I think that's a really fun off, a matchup of offense versus defense. And then you have the the Thunder versus the Clippers. Now, of course, the Clippers started to purge towards the end of the year. Um, you know, but I, hey, X could always surprise me. You know, I would never put anything past him. Of course, I, I do like this team. You know, people are going to take pot shots at Pang. Like, like, and I always talk about how I hate Pang. Like, come on, people aren't stupid. I don't, I don't hate the guy. I, I clearly value him more then what are people are offering for him? We've said this over and over. We've killed the dead horse. I don't hate the guy, but I'm not going to give him away. And I'm not just going to trade him for weird stuff. It doesn't make any sense because, you know, hey, he could take a minus two, five, two G percent hit 
in this coming offseason. But regardless, is that he's still more of an offset, an, an asset. Uh, regardless of what Kenneth wants to say, I've had enough people asking about Pang that I know he's good. I've devalued him. That's fine. But um, but the team's been solid. You know, we traded for Pascal. We traded for Franks, which is interesting. So it's like, you know, the team with Franks actually works out because Franks can slide in when, when Bradley gets into foul trouble. And it's worked out for the team. And we've had a good second half. And we end up, you know, winning a lot of games here in the last couple sims. We end up getting up to the second seed. So not quite sure what the Clippers have left. Uh, of course, the Clippers made the interesting trade. They traded Zampa. Uh, we didn't really like that trade too much because, you know, Sullivan's okay and Vialba's a long-term. And then, of course, he kind of gave Graf away for for a Jean. That was kind of weird. So, um, you know, the Clippers decide they're going to go in the other direction. They now have their picks the next couple seasons. They're going to have some cap space, I guess, potentially, to make a run at, at, at Sand. So, or Sand and Divide. But, hey, I'm not going to put anything by X as far as being able to DC and, you know, like, should I win that series? Sure. But Hey, you never know. And that could potentially set up a really fun, uh, potentially whether it's Ricky or Omer versus the thunder in round two. I mean, that's, that's gotta be fun. You know, that the three of us battling it out somehow for, for a chance to face the Kings in the man in the, in the Maynard conference finals. That's fun. And then uh, any three of us then potentially facing Mike, you know, as as huge underdogs is also a really fun one. So the Maynard playoffs, even though it's going to look like the Kings probably won't lose a game, is is interesting. It should be fun. I mean, anything can happen. If the Kings get an injury anywhere to any of their big three in any series, except for probably the first series, um, can he just bench his guys and still beat the Knicks in round one? Like, could he DC that? He probably could. Um, and and see what happens. You know, but but that's fun. And then over in the Landros, it's kind of a mess. You know, the first seed obviously mattered last year, and it, and it worked out in the Hornets' favor. The Hornets were number one seed right last year, right? And yeah, then they got to avoid the buzzsaw that were the other teams. And now we see that the Celtics ended up jumping up and snagging the one seed. Um, and that leaves the Sixers as the two seed with the really crazy Sixers-Pacers matchup. Stu was acquired by the Pacers. That didn't seem to work out. I think he started Trev Young in the last sim, and that didn't seem to work out either. So um, didn't necessarily fix their point guard issue. And, of course, they traded Bannerman uh, away to get Stu, and that kind of left them with Towery. So if they like Bannerman more than Towery, they're kind of stuck. So the Pacers are kind of still in a weird spot. But you know what? They made the conference finals last year, so uh, we're not going to put anything past Crest. Is this team better than last season? Probably not. And are these other teams better than they were last season? I think yes. So I would say the Pacers are most likely underdogs. But hey, we saw it from Crest last season, so it doesn't mean he can't do it this year. Um, Bjornsson, of course, was the MVP. So let's let's give it up for Bjornsson, MVP this year, unseating the guys from the Kings. So kudos to kudos to Bjornsson and the Sixers. So they're the two seed. Celtics are the one seed, and of course they end up getting an f- interesting four or five matchup of the Raptors versus the Bucks in round one. The crazy, weird team that Bubbles put together. Slid, of course, down. You know, they started off hot, slid down to the five seed because, of course, the Raptors caught fire once they made the trade for Zampa. And I think they, a sneaky one was Patterson. We didn't talk too much about that, but he snuck Patterson in before the deadline, and that gave him a nice fit at small forward. So Raptors are looking pretty good. I don't know how many games they lost, but they went on a tear. You know, I think next season, assuming that, the, you know, that core three stays together and Patterson, etc., is that, you know, with a full season under the belt, like that's going to easily 
easily be, um, you know, probably one of the top three teams. I guess we're going to probably lose the Celtics, right? And we don't quite know what the Hornets are going to, what's going to happen with Chow because <clears throat> he's getting more and more expensive. And we saw that the Hornets slipped a little bit this season. So, you know, are the Raptors the favorite next year? I wouldn't doubt it. Wouldn't doubt it. I mean, we still haven't seen progressions from Lou yet. So, you know, could easily see the Raptors be the number one team. Uh, and crazy how he turned that around. This was a team that was like, what, they started off like 10 games under 500 this season. And he had been kind of toiling away with Lou and trying to figure out, you know, like it wasn't going to be ever be bad, but trying to figure out what to do with this team. And then now look at this team. Could this team be representing the Landros? Of course they can. Of course they can. Now, I think at the end of the day, anything can happen. Anything can happen potentially leading into the playoffs. Oh, we're going to have to pause this here for a moment. And we're back. Sorry for that quick interruption there. But yeah, Bubbles is apt to do pretty much anything in a series. So um, the Raptors versus the Bucks is going to be kind of interesting. And then, of course, we have the three. Why do I not even know this? This is terrible. This is completely terrible. Oh, that would be the Hornets and the Nuggets. Yes, and Kyle. Kyle picked the Nuggets with an upset. So, yeah, the Hornets have been on a little bit of a slide. Of course, they've been right there. So, you know, love their starting five, but what are they going to do in a playoff series? So, um, Hornets-Nuggets is definitely an interesting playoff matchup. And, you know, the, the Landros, as Crest has been calling it all year, and he wasn't wrong about it. Yes, it's a bloodbath. Playoffs are going to be a bloodbath out in the Landros. And I think no one would be probably – it wouldn't be crazy to say that anybody – you know, I think if we're looking at if we're looking at the eight seed being the Grizzlies again, that's probably a buy. Both one seeds pretty much get a buy this playoffs. But other than that, I don't think we'd be surprised if any of those teams makes it out of the Landros. Like to say, like, are the Pacers a surprise? Kinda, but they were there last year in the fi- in the conference finals. The Bucks would they be a surprise? Yes, but they were also there the year before. Like these teams are all legit. Like they're not bad. You know, if I'm gonna pick a team. I'm going to say the Raptors. I'm going to say the Raptors. I, I would love to see the, the upset, like, uh, like Chili said. I think that's, or sorry, Chili said, like Kyle said, that'd be fun to, to see the Nuggets upset the, upset the Hornets. You know, it'd be crazy to see, it would be fun to see the Pacers upset the Sixers in round one, considering all the talk we've, uh, all the smack talk we've done for, uh, about their team. You know, like he could own up to it, you know, but, uh, but I think uh, the Raptors are interesting. The Raptors are kind of getting their, their acting gear. You know, so, you know, LGC would, would, have, would have largely earned this one considering how much crap we've given him the past few seasons after missing things here and there. So if he makes it, kudos to him. Um, but is this another run for Chile? Who, like, uh, at the beginning of the year, if we would have said the Raptors were going to be in the finals, that would have been a really bold statement. But, uh, but it's definitely possible. It's definitely possible. So I think there's, you know, any of those seven teams wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. So... It's going to be interesting, interesting playoffs. So to talk about the other interesting stuff would be the, would be the lotto draft. We see that the Nets take the injury to Silva and then slide out of the playoffs. And just like last year, it was a tie, I guess, with the Knicks. They lose the tiebreaker. Knicks make the playoffs. The Nets do not. Now, I guess it doesn't really matter to Andre, so to speak, because he owns both picks. So... The Nets picked jumps, just like the Hawks picked it for last year. Now, it didn't jump all the way to number one. I think, what, it jumped to number five, which is ironic because, of course, the Bulls pick that Andre had ended up at nine, and it just goes to show it doesn't matter what picks you have. Look how many teams, 
have completely purged their rosters to win 10 to 20 games and slide down. You know, the Heat, we're not going to go into this because we like this, but it is truly one of the worst trades. And it is a terrible trade in the sense of the consequences that it has. Ricky noted it in, in, in the chat today, and he's right on, is that, you know, it, 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 it might have been small, but it's like it happened overnight. It was pretty much like late hours. No time was really spent to really vet to see if there was any sort of people who would take Stu on just for, you know, anything, regardless of giving a pick with him. And that pick jumps to number two. So here's Smath, solid GM, who his pick, you know, slides back. Now, again, doesn't really matter, but let's, let's just look at it as the Rockets pick. If this is this, this is exactly what we had said on the earlier podcast that they needed. They needed their pick to jump to number two. They already have a good young core. So he gave up the second pick, and this would have completely jump-started this team. Like, they were heading in the right direction, but they ultimately sign a guy. And they, they like, talk about throwing away a season. We can talk about the math side of it, but the Rockets completely threw away this year, and it really hurt their future. Now, I guess the other side is if they're not trying to win, do they lose a lot more games? And then, of course, anything can happen in the lottery. But if we're looking at it as they gave away the number two pick that they should have had, that they could have used moving forward, that was huge for that team. So like, just don't trade your own picks because you have a bad contract. He could have ate the contract himself and, and not even worried about it and then had the second pick. You know, if, you've, if, you, if you're a team and you're rebuilding and you have a bad contract, why don't you just sit on it? If you don't have to get rid of the salary, just sit on it and move it when you need to. So not to beat a dead horse about the Rockets, but this was worst case scenario for them that they ultimately gave up the second pick, which would have been great for them to have moving forward. And then on the flip side, they gave the second pick to Smath, a really good solid GM who, you know, his pick moved back. So here's the gift that Smath's always been talking about not being able to get that he gets. He gets some lotto luck. He jumps up to number two. The Wolves jump up to number one. Man, does he have lotto luck all the time, right? Getting all these top picks. But what's going to happen? You know, we saw that the Satan trade didn't necessarily work out for, for them as yet. Uh, and, you know, we don't want to talk. Again, we're not going to talk about the Thunder. We're not going to talk about the Thunder. But I liked, I really liked Kyle's podcast, by the way. That was awesome. He did a great job. Um, I think he's getting, he's only done a few of these and he's getting super comfortable as far as how quick paced I think he's got it. And I, I loved how he put it together. And that was a very interesting draft, uh, a crazy good draft. And it's funny to look at a guy like Bradley now. Like, I think it'll be interesting to see now that he's been on the Thunder and he's been around all this passing, you know, you can't overlook the six PD, but next season, for example, with a full season with the Thunder is to see what maybe this guy is potentially, but again, if people can't look past that six PD, it's not really going to matter. You know, if we're looking at people saying that they would rank Archie higher than him, you know, some other players, I think that's a little silly, but even for my team, the guy can't stay on the court. So kudos to Kyle. Love that podcast. Um, He did a great job. So, you know, if he's going to do more stuff like that, like I think that that's awesome, awesome content, bringing something to the table on a consistent basis. So thanks to Kyle for, for pitching in and helping everybody out with some more stuff to talk about. Um, but yeah, we were talking about the, uh, the draft picks and, and, and Smath. 
you know, that Smath now has has a nice pick to kind of help jumpstart his, his rebuild. You know, he's got the Bulls pick next season, right? Um, and what can he start putting together with some of these things? But I guess we were talking about, you know, the Bulls pick questioning the, the value that that had. And, and how crazy is it that the Nets pick that, you know, the Nets added Silva and Bailey. And I think probably myself included, we're like, man, you got to trade that. You know, he's going to be good. And then he couldn't move the pick. You know, Ricky's like, man, keep that pick. Just keep it. And he was getting bad offers for it, I think, at some point. So it makes sense. He keeps it. And then how crazy is it that the Nets pick ended up being better than the Bulls pick by like four or five slots? That's crazy. You know, it's pretty significant, but it's, it's just fun. It's funny to look at it, and it just goes to show that any potential lotto pick matters, and anything can happen. So if we, like a team like the Nets, if you said, how could this potentially go sideways? Well, that's it. You, you take an injury to one of those guys. You know, similarly, like the exact situation would be for Kyle and the Sonics is that if Marco goes down and loses 30 games, yeah, that team probably slides out. Like, that's huge. You know, he's one of the top players in the league. Like, that would significantly impact that team. Other teams, I think, could withstand that. But, you know, if it's the Clippers, you know, it's ironic that the Clippers started off kind of just to, just to annoy Kyle. They came out of the gates pretty strong, looked like a solid team. Then he kind of slowly sold off stuff. And, you know, it, the pick ended up being way better at the end of the year. But Kyle's going into this season thinking he's got potential auto picks. You know, we're saying things like, there's no way he's not going to get one lotto pick out of that. There's no way all those teams are going to make, are going to make the playoffs. And they did. They did. You know, the, the Hawks were still bad this year. And maybe we all overlooked the fact that the Hawks had their own pick, so they didn't care. So this season, you know, it made sense for them to be bad, whereas next season it's not. And, and like the Knicks, the Knicks next season, they don't have their pick. The Knicks now have four of the top 12 picks in this draft. That's cool. Um, you know, the Knicks should theoretically be better. And the Wolves ended up with the top pick. You know, that's crazy. Wolves, but what are they going to add to that team? You know, uh, without really pres- looking too much forward, some of the higher graded guys are point guards. Does he end up with another different point guard on that team? Um, he's got Twine. He's got Satan. He's got Bedlam. And, of course, he's got Luther. Like, that team just shouldn't still be bad. You know, they lost Bradley, but... They added some scoring in Satan. Bedlam seems fine. You know, maybe the idea is Twine wasn't ready yet, but what progressions does he potentially get? You know, does Luther get even better? I listening to Kyle's podcast, it was funny because I feel like some of these guys we had talked about, I felt like we're shifting their value around. You know, like if I'm reacting to that, like are we overrating Cruz to where I think a couple seasons ago we would look at him a little bit differently than maybe we look at him now? Like is Luther better now, whereas a couple seasons ago people didn't like him? And it was because, yes, Kyle duly noted that he kind of stayed the same. But now he kind of got the right progressions to the right spots where Luther's still only 25 and look, looks kind of a lot better um, than he might have a couple, you know, a few seasons ago. So that value is still changing, as he noted, as far as how people are kind of blossoming later into their career. And clearly the surrounding cast matters too. Um, so, you know, what are the Wolves going to do with the top pick? It looks like there's some combo guards, but they're point guard eligible available. And... And that should be interesting. And then, of course, the, the weirdest thing is Jay, is that Jay saying something happened uh, that he wasn't happy about and yada, 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 he quits. Now, at any point, like Jay has done this before where he's quit and he's gone on vacation. I think it's been a long time and he's left. 
And he's come back a few times, and I know KJ does kind of leaves the door open. But this would be a situation where it would be like, if he seriously left, it's like, what, what just happened? You know, like, he trades Chowski to the, to the Knicks, and, and is that it? I mean, I don't even know. What, why are we talking about this? Like, the season ended. He put a post up there saying that he might, he might be fired. At no point anywhere in any of the chats did it look like Jay would be bothered enough by anything to actually truly quit. And I, I don't know if he freaked out. Like, did he make any sort of a crazy point about anything to where he thought KJ really screwed him? Like, KJ screwed him how? By, like, because the Knicks, because he had Knicks picks? And that are all these assets? Like, did KJ make a deal and that made the, the Jay go in the other direction? Jay could have not done the Bailey deal. He could have not done Silva. He could have had all these young pieces and all these assets and been in a rebuild. But he makes, like, one last weird all-in move and then... It doesn't work out, and then he quits. So he knows he's going to leave, potentially, and then leaves the team in a bad spot. That's poor form. I think he's honestly doing kind of what I did. But, you know, I did it with the podcast, and then I kind of just put it in the disclaimer. And, of course, I was a little bit quiet when people were asking about it. But if you listen to the podcast, you knew I wasn't going anywhere. So I don't know what this is, but the point is the season's over. He doesn't have anything to do for, like, a week. He leaves the chat. That's it. He probably could tell KJ, don't tell anybody I'm, 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 I'm staying, but you know, like, I just want to take a break from the chat. I mean, shit, I wanted to last week, so I don't blame him if, if, if that's what he wants to do. But I think Jay kind of has thicker skin where he just doesn't seem to care what anybody says. So I'd be surprised by that one. You guys are back. Hey, <laughs> we got a cupcake. You're live on the podcast, by the way. We're talking, about, we're talking about Jay quitting. Do you think Jay's a quitter? What do you mean? Quitting, you... like, in marriage? No, not my friend Jay. <laughs> we're talking about Jay and the Nets. And I don't think Jay's a quitter. Do you think Jay's a quitter? I don't know who he is. Mason, is, so Jay, yes. is Jay a quitter? Nah. Come on. Tell me whether or not you think Jay's a quitter. Nah. nah. nah Mason doesn't think Jay's a quitter. We all okay, think so he's faking. Hear everything I'm saying. We're, okay, this is a podcast that I'm recording Jones right now. Wow, we've fully been interrupted. I should definitely cut this part, but I don't know which, what more we have to talk about. So this, this podcast surely ended in the wrong direction as that I intended, but all in all, I think what just, what just happened Daddy, is this kind of... Package. You got another package? Yes. Awesome. Okay, that's the steamer. Tomorrow's my birthday. It is. Yes. Tomorrow is Mace's birthday, as he's noting, so happy pre-birthday to Mace. And... The end of this podcast ending in such crazy fashion is pretty much how I feel about Jay quitting. I think it's fake. I don't believe it. Um, I just don't. It's silly. And again, he has nothing to do for a week. He doesn't have any picks. He's not in the playoffs. So he can just leave. He can take a vacation, vacation for a week and then come back later. That's, that's fine. I really don't buy it. So I can't wait to see Jay back. He's a good competitor. Obviously, the season didn't work out for him. But, uh, but I think it would be really super weak. If that's what happened. And I don't, I don't think after everything that he's done that he would leave the team in that uh, position uh, considering what, he had, what he's done in the past. And it's, it's just silly. So 
There's no point even more talking about it. We waited till the end of the podcast. This is kind of a train wreck anyways at the end. So, uh, so Jay, we'll, we'll hopefully see you soon. So we're going to sit here in under three hours. Probably only five of you are going to be listening to this, but maybe some people listen on the way, on the way home. So I can't really think too much else of what we talked about. I think that's kind of it. Um, we should see, this is the Kings. I mean, I guess we're only going to get part one tonight. So would this be the end of the Kings run? Um, are they going to complete, complete the dominant season and get themselves a second title? Who's going to come out of the Landros? Uh, it should be interesting. And then, of course, we have a fun-looking draft. I literally haven't read a single player, but the grades look fun. It's an MX draft. Kyle Dooley noted how awesome the last X draft was, so it could be good as well. And, of course, the way that the draft slotted, that made it more interesting too. And then we have one of the bigger free agencies coming up in, in, in forever with Divine and Sand both available. So lots of fun stuff starting this evening. KVBL coming at you um, with a lot of stuff. So, yes, there will be more content. And, no, we are not going anywhere. And, yes, I probably should just avoid chat and just jump in and out every once in a while to get the feedback and to see what people are talking about and to see how people are reacting about what we're seeing on the court with the games and with the players that people are taking in the draft and not discussing drama. So that's it for now. Talk to you later. Peace.